1: on the American Family Radio, as you just heard there. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us. You can check out our website, AFR.net. AFR.net is our website. You can not only listen live there, but you can also catch past shows there, or you call them podcasts, at our website, AFR.net. You can also download our podcast on uh, various devices, on your Apple device, your Android device, uh, there you can download our podcast on the podcast store for those uh, devices. And as always, you can uh, download the American Family Radio app on your smartphone. Just type in AFR, or you can type in American Family Radio and search for the app. Download it. It's free, and you can listen live and catch past shows there on the app. It's a great way to stay connected. Later on in the show, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk to Franklin Graham, president of the Billy Graham Evangelical Evangelistic Association, uh, also president of Samaritan's Purse. We'll talk to Franklin Graham about a few topics. We'll talk to him about his prayer Thursday night at the White House at the closing night of the RNC convention, and we'll talk about some of the uh, outreach projects, our ministry projects that, that Franklin is heading up in conjunction with Samaritan's Purse and uh, BGEA. And so stay tuned towards the end of this show for uh, the interview with Franklin Graham. Jumping right into some of the topics uh, that we'll discuss between now and then, I really want to uh, focus on the violence going on across the country and not just talk about it in, in general terms, but really talk about the, the purpose and the mission that these people who are trying to destroy, and they are successfully destroying various cities, and they're violent, and they're assaulting people, they're killing people, they are uh, uh, committing arson and doing all kinds of criminal activity uh, or criminal acts, and they're doing it all under the guise of, of some kind of social justice, some kind of uh, Democrat Party platform. But in reality, in reality their, 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 one, their major goal is division and destruction. That's their goal, division and destruction. And they're being successful in large part um, because various Democrat governors and mayors across the country are allowing these anarchists to run the streets. And one example of of this is in Kenosha, Wisconsin. We, we've been seeing the violence going on there for the last week or so. But President Trump sent in sent in the federal agents. More specifically, he sent in the FBI. He also sent in the U.S. Marshals. And they partnered with the Kenosha Police Department and made a pretty big bust on the 27th, uh, on Thursday, August 27th. What they did is, is when the federal agents came into Kenosha, they noticed several vehicles with out-of-state license plates. One of them was a bus, and then uh, two of them were vans. And so they they suspected, and I believe they probably had information, that these were out-of-state agitators, domestic terrorists, and they busted them. And what did they find when they busted these organized individuals, when they arrested them, they found nine individuals in these vehicles, and here's what they had in the vehicles. They had helmets, gas mask, gas mask, protective vest, illegal fireworks, and controlled substances. And I bring this up, this one example of many examples of, of, of these people being arrested, to show that these are not, this is not... Random. These are not random acts of violence, random acts of of criminality, although that doesn't even make it right. This is an organized group of agitators and criminals that are basically traveling across the country, burning down cities and assaulting people. And Rand Paul also experienced this violence leaving the White House on Thursday night, as did many other people leaving the White House. And so what happened is the attendees at the Thursday night event at the White House for the closing night of the Republican National Convention, the attendees left the White House premise our premises and immediately began uh, to be uh, began being harassed by these antifa BLM type agitators and criminals being pushed around yelled at spit on things thrown at them and Senator Rand Paul was was one of the victims. And even he said when doing an interview uh, Friday morning on Fox and Friends about this, he admitted or he said that he suspects that this is a criminal network organizing to agitate and cause chaos in various cities across the country and that the FBI needs to figure out and investigate who is funding the criminality, who is funding the criminal behavior. And I couldn't agree more. We cannot allow uh, organized criminals to drive across state lines and burn down cities and then move on to the next city and burn it down. This is completely unacceptable. And I'm thankful that President Trump has stepped in and has federal agents on this because they are making an impact and they are calming some of these cities down Uh, By uh, the federal presence, and the Democrats, they are not afraid of the violence because it's not happening to them. But see, the Democrats seem to not even care about the violence taking place. How can I say that? Well, because they've ignored it. In large part, the Democrat, the Democratic Party, has ignored the violence going on across the country. They have refused to denounce the violence. And then finally this week, when the public sentiments overwhelmingly were negative towards the violence, then the Democrats decided they would come out, or some of them would come out and denounce it. And that just shows that this is all political. To prove that, I'm going to play clip one here. This is Don Lemon on CNN, and he's saying, well, the, the, the public polling is changing on this topic, so I guess it's probably time for the Democrats to, to begin denouncing it, more specifically Biden. Let's listen to clip one.
0: We still have a lot of time left until Election Day, and I do think that uh, this, what you said, was happening in Kenosha is a Rorschach test for the entire country. And I think this is a blind spot for Democrats. I think Democrats are ignoring this problem or hoping that it will go away and it's not going to go away. And so unless someone comes up with a solution over the next 73 days or 70, so however many days, 68 days, 68 days. So it's not going to the problem is not going to be fixed by then. But what they can do, and I think maybe Joe Biden may be afraid to do it. I'm not sure. Maybe he won't. Maybe he is. He's got to address it. He's got to come out and talk about it.
1: Well, there you have it. Don Lemon saying that the violence is going to continue for, for until the election. Imagine that. The violence is going to continue no matter what heading into the election. That sounds like this is all planned. Because these folks, these criminals, they're burning things down and destroying property and assaulting people. No matter what, it doesn't really matter what happens. They are bent on destruction. They are bent on criminal behavior, no matter what. And Don Lemon says there the Democrats, more specifically Joe Biden, he cannot continue to ignore this. He has to address this. The question is, will he denounce it? Will the mainstream Democrats denounce it? And I doubt they will, because these are the same folks who have been agitating, who have been stirring up the hatred against conservatives for the past, past few years. Remember Congresswoman Maxine Waters said, get in their face? Former Attorney General Eric Holder said, kick them while they're down. This is what you're seeing, the groups destroying our cities. They are grassroots Democrats. This is the base of the Democrat Party. And one thing I want to know is who is funding this behavior? Who is funding this activity? And so I hope the FBI will soon find out who is funding the fireworks, the bombs, the helmets, the bulletproof vest, and all the other weapons that are being used against officers and civilians, innocent civilians, in various cities across the country. Another topic I wanted to talk about is how Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton are spreading these conspiracy theories and agitating and provoking these conspiracy theories about how President Trump is going to refuse to leave the White House. And Hillary Clinton had the audacity to say that Joe Biden should not concede the election, quote, under any circumstance. Let's listen to clip three in Hillary Clinton. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out and eventually I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we are as focused and relentless as the other side is. Well, there you have it. Hillary Clinton said under any circumstance. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstance. And then it's the Democrats in the mainstream media who, who accuse President Trump and ask him, are, are you going to accept the results of the election? When they are the ones that are refusing to accept the results of the election even before the election. And then Joe Biden was heard or, or was recorded saying that that he is confident that the military will remove President Trump from the White House should it be needed. What it sounds like is that these leaders in the Democrat Party, they are stirring up their base. They're stirring up the Antifa types, the Marxists. They're stirring them up for more violence should President Trump win. Because if they're willing to organize and commit the various criminal acts that we've seen the past few months across the country, what makes us think that they'll stop in November? And even Don Lemon there said that he doesn't see it stopping. He especially does not see it stopping before the election. Before we transition to the Franklin Graham interview here in a few minutes, I want to mention uh, an article, a great resource that can help you be informed about who these groups are, these agitator groups, who they are, what do they believe, what do they stand for, who, who's funding them. If you go to afa.net, which is our website, afa.net, and we'll post this link on our podcast page, There is a very great article titled, Understanding the BLM Movement, Black Lives Matter Organization Movement, and a couple resources there. There's one article that our own uh, Miki Addison, host of Airing the Addisons, one great article that she wrote. Here's the title, Three Reasons Black Lives Matter is Incompatible with Biblical Christianity. And so that's Miki's article, very good article. Also, Abraham Hamilton III, host of the Hamilton Corner on AFR, he did a segment on his show that focused on how the BLM organization is well-connected to Marxism, witchcraft, and and feminism. And some of the information that you'll hear there is very, very eye-opening. And we have to spread this information far and wide because there are many people across the country some of who have good intentions but they just aren't fully up to speed aren't fully informed on the dangerous on the dangerous agenda and ideology that many of these groups these agitators have these folks that are that are that are rioting and looting they do not want to fix our country they want to destroy it because if you think something's wrong with our country and if you want to fix it, there are legitimate means and processes in place to fix problems. But these folks aren't interested in that. They're interested in destruction and division. I want to transition and welcome my guest. I want to welcome to the show and to American Family Radio, Franklin Graham. Franklin is president of Samaritan's Purse, and he's also president of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association Franklin uh, welcome uh, to American Family Radio.
0: Thank you. Good to be with
1: you. Uh, I want to want to talk about a few things, but before I jump into some of the topics uh, uh for for today, the uh one story and I'm not sure if you've ever been told this, but my grandfather Don Wildman who founded American Family Association American Family Radio, he was actually in Memphis in 1951. I think it was in June of 1951 at a uh, Billy Graham crusade in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, that's actually where Don Wildman uh, came to know Christ, came to mm-hmm. have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I wanted to mention that to you um, because the, the lasting impact that your dad, Billy Graham, had and will have in eternity uh, is just, mm-hmm. just remarkable. So I appreciate you for and thank you for continuing that legacy. Well,
0: thank you for sharing that.
1: The uh, the last night we had the Republican National Convention. The last night there at the White House, President Trump spoke uh, late into the evening, uh, and you did one of the opening uh, the opening prayer for yesterday at the RNC convention. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that and just get your feedback on on where we are as a country uh, when it comes to our elected officials. And you have the Democrats and the Republicans. H- have you ever seen such a time where there's been such a contrast? between both political parties uh, since you've been doing ministry?
0: Well, it's um, first of all, it was an uh, honor to be asked to pray uh, at the Republican National Convention. If the Democrats have asked me to pray, I will have uh, certainly accepted that, too. Um, Our country needs prayer. Uh, But where we are today as a nation, uh, the Democratic Party uh, is not the party today of Lyndon Baines Johnson or John F. Kennedy. Uh, that, that, the party today is a socialist party, and it has been taken over by socialists that have a radical agenda that want to take America into socialism and communism. We want us to follow uh, Cuba, and um, we want us to look like Venezuela. And, and this, this is frightening uh, because uh, there is no other place to run uh, people in the 50s uh, in Cuba, they could run to America, they, or people in Venezuela can run to America. But if America goes communist, where do we run? Where does the mm. church go? Where where do people who love freedom, where can they go? Yeah. Uh, there is no place to go, and that's uh, that's what's so frightening is uh, the power that the socialists have with the media and how they've taken over the the Democratic Party and um, I just appreciate um, President Trump standing for America, uh, standing for our Constitution, standing with the Church. Uh, he's not ashamed of Jesus Christ. He's not ashamed of the name of Christ. Uh, he supports Christians. Uh, he has defended um, uh, people of faith. And so I uh, uh, very appreciative and thank God for it.
1: Amen. Uh, one one thing that I wanted to kind of get your – another thing I want to get your input on is you travel around the country. Um, you, you, you've you done many of those uh, – the Decision America tour across the country, hosting prayer events and worship events at different state capitals. And as you travel, you know, there's a lot of negative news. Uh, there's, there is a lot of negative things going on in our country uh, in certain parts of it. But as you travel and as you talk to people and as you pray with people, um, do you get a sense that, that the church, that, that God's people uh, are, are somehow waking up to the, the, the reality that we need uh, Jesus, we need the forgiveness of sins, and we need full repentance, uh, uh, not, just, not just generally speaking, but specifically within the body of Christ, with, within believers, are you getting a sense that we are we may be experiencing some kind of spiritual revival?
0: Um, I, I don't know if I can answer that. Um, uh, I believe the, the church—I I hope the church is waking up. Uh, if you look at this pandemic, where the government has ordered the church to shut down, and what bothers me is that so many people have churches that just followed that mandate. And um, now John MacArthur out in California, he he did it for a couple of months, and then finally he just said, you know, on everybody. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go back and start having church. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm just thank God for him uh, for for taking that stand. Uh, we as a as a church uh, are being told by the government uh, that we can't sing in church, um, we can't gather together as a church because of. This uh, this scare of the pandemic, and I don't. Um, I, I'm just afraid. I, I want us to be safe. We want to be smart, but the, the government sh- cannot and should not ever mandate it. Yeah. And that's what bothers me is a lot of churches with the government mandating, uh, telling us how to worship, because if they get by with this, then uh, they will tell us that Sunday morning at 11 o'clock is too early and people are sleeping, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe we, we should only have our services at uh, 2 in the afternoon or something. I don't know. Yeah.
1: But it's a, it's a
0: little frightening when you think of what's happening. And I hope the church does wake up, mm-hmm. and I hope the church goes out to vote. And that's this, listen, this is the most important election in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And uh, if the church does not vote, uh, we're going to be in trouble.
1: Yeah, that's right. One other, uh, another topic. Uh, you're having a prayer march uh, in Washington D.C. in in late September. Tell us a little bit about that. What what the plans are, um, and how people can find out more information about what's going on uh, at at the prayer march in Washington D.C.
0: Well, so uh, the twenty sixth of September is a Saturday at twelve noon at the Lincoln Memorial, and we're going to start there. We don't have speakers. We don't have uh, music. Uh, we're going to gather and we'll have an opening prayer, and then we're going to walk all the way down to the Capitol, stopping along the way, uh, praying uh, as we go, praying for our nation, praying for our leaders, and praying that God would take this city of Washington, our nation's capital, and that He would turn it upside down. Mm-hmm. And I believe that at the church, if the church, if the body of Christ uh, comes, and uh, let's pray. I think God can shake this city, but it, it's we We all agree that Washington needs change, but only God can change it. Uh, when the president calls it a swamp uh, it is it is it is every bit of that yeah and uh and this this is a city that I believe that uh, God uh can change, but it's going to take the church. It's going to take believers who who are going to pray for this country who are willing to come and join us, and we're going to just do it together. And this is something all of us can participate in. And if a pastor comes with uh, people from his congregation, then he shepherds them. And some may walk faster, some may walk slower, some may want to veer off to this direction or that direction, sit under a tree and pray, do it. But let's fill this city of Washington with people of prayer, and uh, let's just ask God to bless this nation and change this city. And... uh, uh, God's word would be heard throughout the city. So it's the prayer march. It's the 26th of September, 12 noon, and it's about two hours. So come all day, spend all day. Uh, the return, uh, Jonathan Khan has got something going on the same, same day. Check out what he's doing on the mall. All of us will be there together, and uh, we'll just uh, uh, pray as we go, and let's see what God does.
1: Prayer march. 2020 is the website prayermarch2020 com is the website, uh, and we'll post that on my podcast page. And you can go there and register for our, the event that uh, Franklin Graham is mentioning, September 26th, beginning at noon uh, Eastern. Will be a, a a very powerful event, and I think that's so important that you're you're having this prayer march, and we're emphasizing prayer because it's easy, and I'm sure you experience this sometimes, but it's easy to. Um, Get caught up in 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 the news of the day, and really just feel defeated sometimes. But we really, as Christians, we have to have an all in approach, and that includes prayer, uh, voting, uh, making an influence in our local communities and in our country. So uh, good to see that going on. So Samaritan's Purse, which you're also president of, uh, has a disaster response team, and they they deploy often. I know. Uh, I've seen them at various uh, natural disasters. Tell us a little bit about what Samaritan's Purse is, is planning to do on the coast of Louisiana and Texas after we saw uh, uh, Hurricane Laura come in this past week.
0: Well, we've we've already set up in, in Lake Charles First Baptist Church parking lot that they've allowed us to use their, their facilities there. And uh, we're out in the communities today. Uh, assessing it, we'll have volunteers in there uh, this weekend um and we're just starting to work helping people uh, put their lives back together uh it wasn't a flood event that we, we thought it might be and we're very thankful for, the for that but there was a lot of wind damage a lot of structures are destroyed a lot of roofs are missing and people just lost everything so it's just um it's one of these things that um these storms happen in life, but but we're going to be there in the name of Jesus Christ, helping people in these various communities, and that's, you know, that's what we're going to do.
1: Yeah. Amen. Well, Franklin Graham, uh, thank you so much for coming on on American Family Radio. Thank you for your ministry and the the legacy that you're continuing, that your father began, and we just uh, pray for you and pray that you'll continue the good work.
0: Thank you. God bless.
1: All right, well, that was Franklin Graham of Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Evangelical Association. Thank you for joining us.
0: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.